This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Welcome to it indeed. I am Marco Flalo. He is Mitchell Whitfield. Welcome to a wonderful edition of Your Tech Report. I'm coming to you actually live this week, Mitchell, from uh, Toronto as I'm in for the JFL 42 Comedy Festival. But you are still in Los Angeles. And welcome to Los Angeles. Uh, Thanks, Mark. I'm sorry. Do I sound a lot of breath? I just had to put down my iPhone 6S Plus down. Oh, oh yeah, Woo. you went with the 6S Plus. I know you did. Yeah, so we're going to have to talk about have this because to... I, I, I'm getting a workout every minute. Oh, my gosh. How are you, man? <laughs> I, I'm good. Uh, I want to invite people to follow us, of course, on Twitter. It's at yourtechreport, facebook.com, slash yourtechreport. Of course, the pages of yourtechreport.com. We've got an awesome show, Mitchell. We've got a great cool announcement and an interview with our friends over at Sonos. They have a brand new flagship product. Yes, they do. But some really cool software that's going to be coming to every single one of their Sonos speakers. Plus, Jabra. I've been chasing these guys for so long. They're such a storied company. They've been This company has been around, not as Jabra, but their parent company has been around since the 1800s, Mitchell. Are you kidding me? They were laying, oh, I swear, they've been laying copper lines down. They are masters in communication. And when you hear this interview, you are going to want to jump out the window and get everything Jabra because these guys bring a lot of engineering expertise to the table that I didn't even realize until I recorded this interview earlier this week. I love that. And, and you know what? A lot of people think of Jabra, of course, they think of their brilliant Bluetooth headsets. That's the first thing that jumps out. But like you said, this is way before there was wireless technology. This company's been around. So I'm looking forward to hearing it as well. And Mark, you know what you should be looking forward to as well? What? Remember, what remember a while back we had that great interview with the folks over at Sideshow Collectibles that make the great pop culture figures and How uh, can statu- I forget that? Yeah. Uh, well, they, they not only make their own stuff, but they're also the exclusive North American distributor of a com- for a company called Hot Toys, which makes some yeah. of the most beautiful one-sixth uh, figures you've ever seen. And we actually have one in hand, and we will have my review today on this show. I love it. All that and more right here on your tech report mitchell let's dive into things okay this week lots of announcements lots of software releases um let's start with google because sure. they had an event earlier this week and they unveiled brand new nexus phones i guess to start the uh, the announcements the nexus 6p of course is their uh, flagship phone which is made by huawei i can i can never huawei is guys. it made by huawei huawei, huawei. Yeah. um basically it's a follow up to last year's nexus 6 the display is a little bit Slimmer and uh, smaller in size, but boy, is this feature packed. Now, let me, let me, the reason I, I'm, I'm sort of, you can't see me, but I'm signaling Mark because I wanted to jump in for one second because for our listeners that don't know what the Nexus line of phones are and what they started out as, basically, it was Google's attempt to make, not attempt, it's, it's Google's basic phone that is pure Android. They wanted to put out a pure Android experience. Of course, like you said, Mark, they have a third-party manufacturer. It started out as HTC. I think they had Motorola make one. They had Samsung do one. And now Hawaii, as you're saying, and I think that is how it's pronounced. Um, but basically, they commission a, a third-party company to make a pure yep. a pure Google phone just for them. And, and bas- it, it's great hardware. It's always great hardware. But the software experience, they did not want to have a, a third-party skin like TouchWiz or any of the Moto thing. None of the skins are on there. It is a pure Android experience, a flagship phone. And see, you know what? For people that love Android and don't want other people's software on it, it's a great thing when a new Nexus phone is released. Okay, so I just wanted to bring our listeners up to date. Now, please continue. Go ahead. Now that they're up to date, the other thing to, to remember about the Nexus phones, yes, a pure Android experience, they've also been one of the cheaper unlocked phones on the market. They really kind of pioneered these high-end phones at a lower price point. So let's get to the details of this this Nexus 6P. Obviously, it's built to compete with the, the iPhone 6 Plus in terms of its size. 5.7-inch, 
1080p AMOLED display with a uh, 2560 by 1440 resolution. Wow. This is larger than HD resolution. There's a fingerprint sensor on the back. That they're now calling Nexus Imprint, which is available on not only this phone, but also the 5X, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, you can use that fingerprint sensor, obviously, to unlock uh, Play Store purchases for Android Pay that is now rolled out everywhere. Um, for syncing the phone, they're using a USB Type-C connector, which is interesting. Really? Apple was the first one to use this, yeah, on their new MacBook. Now they're adopting it as well, which can charge the battery. And this is a whopper of a battery, Mitchell. 3450 milliamp battery. Okay, that's basically twice the size of a standard iPhone 6 or 6S battery. Pretty much. And the camera is the differentiating factor here. Okay. 12.3 megapixel rear camera using a Sony sensor, okay. 4K video, of course, and the front one is an 8 megapixel camera. Oh, wow. That is huge. Yeah. <laughs> and to put that in perspective, <laughs> the new iPhones that have just come out, they were at a one point, sound like a 1.3, they just bumped up to a 5 megapixel front-facing camera, so yeah. this is above that, way above that. I got it. Okay. So pre-orders began earlier this week. The 32 gig model is at 499, 64 gig at 549, and the 128 gig at 649, respectively. Available in white, silver, and black options. Could you repeat that price again? Because I'm a little confused. Say that again. 32 gigabytes okay. for 499. Okay. So there's no 16 gig model. Okay. 64 gig for 549. Okay. And 128 gigs for 649. And that's unsubsidized. That's just the pure price of the phone, correct? That's the pure price of the phone. There's no other subsidized way to get this phone right now. Plus, there's an $89 warranty option that covers a device for two years, kind of like, you know, accidental protection, et cetera, et cetera, which you can get for either that phone or the Nexus 5X, which is another kind of flagship phone because it runs a pure Android experience. Right. This one made by LG. Um, the 5X has a 5.2-inch screen. It's full HD, so 1080p display. It uses the USB Type-C connector, same mega, you know, 12.3 megapixel rear-facing camera, right. Nexus imprint, all of which available for pre-order today. This one does start at 16 gig um, for 379, wow. 32 gig for 429. So you have your options there as well. This one available in white, blue, and black colors, depending on which you want. And all are going to ship with the new Android operating system, Marshmallow, which is rolling out uh, starting next week. Really, that wasn't just a pet name. That is the new. Android name. You were just calling me a little pet name, were you? I, I was just calling no, you weren't, Marshmallow. Because yeah, uh, was. yeah, and the thing <laughs> to keep in mind is here we're so used to hearing uh, about subsidized prices or what if, but now that we're seeing these uh, these lease models or these pay per month models, the subsidized phones are maybe going the way of the dodo, as I like to say. And if you listen to the prices that Mark told you for both the new flagship Nexus and the 5X, they're basically around two hundred dollars less than they're the comparable versions of the iPhone 6 Plus or 6S Plus. So it's still you're getting a really good deal for a really premium, premium Android experience, right? Absolutely. Okay. And there's more news from Google, too, because they've updated their Chromecast and Ooh. now introduced a Chromecast audio. So this is the second generation of the Chromecast, which is their media playing device. Right. It's now a disc shape with red and black and yellow color options. The biggest improvement really is much better Wi-Fi and support for 5 gigahertz connections, which it didn't have previously. And they're updating the Chromecast app for iOS and Android, which is going to include playback controls, cross-service voice search, and a what's on section for browsing content from multiple compatible apps. Yeah, you know, it's, is there a coincidence, you think, that Google is coming out with not only new software enhancements, but new hardware right around the time that Apple has their releases? That must be some crazy coincidence, Mark. It must be a coincidence, but you know what? For the Chromecast, you're paying $35. You're not paying 100 and something <laughs> like the Apple TV, and you're getting some pretty cool technology yeah, in those Chromecast devices. Also, Mitchell, a new tablet from Google, the Pixel C, a 10.2-inch tablet with an NVIDIA X1 processor, 3 gigabytes of RAM, Android Marshmallow. Okay, okay so this doesn't run the Chrome OS. Um, $499 with a $149 keyboard option. Those are the only details we know, but it looks very much like the Microsoft Surface, although it runs a mobile operating system. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of blown away at this point now that now that we've seen, and this is the nice part about other players, because when, when the, let's face it, when iPad came out, they were the only game in town. People are used to paying premium prices because of an, it's an Apple device, plus there were no other options. We're seeing such an onslaught now by different manufacturers, especially good manufacturers, putting out larger size tablets at a reasonable price point. I'm wondering at some point, are we going to see Apple maybe deviate from their model a little bit and start dropping prices? I don't know. They've been so successful. It's not really in their DNA to drop prices because for them, it's more about the name, the quality, but they're getting a lot of competition that's really really undercutting now. 
they don't te- they don't tend to react to other companies. They tend to take their time and do yeah, things that's true. kind of as they please. I mean, some might argue that with the iPad Pro, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, speaking of the iPad Pro, um, a bunch of iPad Pros landed in the hands of some Pixar animators, and uh, the initial feedback is is absolutely astronomical. They're saying that it's a a phenomenal uh, not entertainment device, but a, a graphic design device, especially the pencil. They're saying the pencil actually sets that whole device apart from everything else. It's not even the actual iPad itself. It's the pencil experience and the palm rejection that Apple has managed to build into that one. Well, you know what? I I think it's named appropriately because I think it really is at this point, the applications for professionals are really stood out to me. That stylus, and once again, Steve Jobs shaking somewhere, uh, that stylus not designed as the primary input point, but it's designed as an accessory to engineers, to artists, to digital artists, to game designers, Designers. Uh, so really, it isn't just pro to make the, to have it in their name. It really is something that I think professionals can benefit from. And of course, listen, you're going to have regular users say, I want the biggest thing I can buy. I can afford it. I want it. So we're going to see them out there. But I think professionals will probably see the best results from having that device. If you're listening to the show now, then you are listening to your tech report. I am Mark Flallow. He is Mitchell Whitfield. Mitchell, Apple has released OS 10.11, El Capitan. So get that update in the Mac App Store now if you want that. Reviews are in, Mitchell, and it's 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 just solid, solid cross-board. Cross-the-board, great features, uh, new enhancements. It won't change the game, but it, it is definitely welcome. That's exactly what I was going to say to you. For people that are expecting a game changer, and you know, it's sort of, it's more of an incremental update than anything else, but the nice thing about that is for people that like the existing, what are we on, Yosemite right now? I get so confused. Yes. Uh, for people that are on Yosemite that are enjoying it, but still, listen, there are still little bugs, little ticks here and there. With Yosemite, I still have issues with Safari, and Mark, you told me that upgrading to El Capitan actually fixes that. Fixes yes. issues. So even if you're just looking for a more stable, cleaner version of what you have, that's the nice thing about an incremental update update. It's not going to change the way you use it, but it will bring more joy to your existing software that you have right now. Listen, if you if you use Safari, you use that browser, you're going to love the enhancements. You're going to love to be able to find where audio is playing from. You're going to love the new Notes app. You're going to love uh, just the whole kind of interface and experience in the operating system really is just a little bit of an upgrade. Also this week, Apple released iOS 9.0.2, which fixes bugs that people were experiencing, specifically in iMessage activation. The podcast app was crashing a lot and cellular data fixes. And there's one thing that, you know, we got a lot of emails about this, Mitchell. There's a new feature that... What it does is when you're on Wi-Fi and the signal isn't strong enough, you're allowed to force your phone off onto cellular data. There are a lot of initial reports saying that this is is, is jacking up data usage on your phone. Of course. Because you don't realize what it's what's happening. <laughs> so if you want to turn that off, you can do that. It's very simple. Under cellular data, under your general tab, you can turn that Wi-Fi assist feature off if you want to. You know, there's a theme here, Mark, because we do get a lot of emails, and even we get friends and family asking us these questions, and still people are confused about how to use their devices. Children don't necessarily know how to use these devices, because let's face it, when people get a new phone, first thing they do, if they're not going to sell it, I think the average person will pass it down to someone either in their family or their kids or whatever. So I think there are a lot of people out there that still are confused by the whole data versus Wi-Fi thing, and I have people in my own family saying, well, what does it mean? And the bottom line is, look, any Anytime you're anywhere that has a Wi-Fi signal that you can hook up when you're at a friend's house, when you're at a business place, an entertainment, a restaurant, any place you can hook into Wi-Fi, get the Wi-Fi password because whenever you go back there, it will automatically hook up again. You only have to do it once. But as many places as you go that is part of your daily routine, get the Wi-Fi passwords for those places because it's going to save you a ton. Whenever you're on Wi-Fi, folks, you are not using data. Whenever you're off of Wi-Fi, you are. And I think people sometimes forget how easy it is to slip off and, ah, you know what, I'm just out and about, I won't worry about it, and their bills start to explode. So we encourage you to hook up to Wi-Fi and ask. Ask where you are. Do you have a Wi-Fi password? Oh, you'll be surprised. You'll save on data. In the long run, you'll end up saving money as well. Mitchell, I have your next car. Elon Musk has officially announced the Tesla Model X. So if you've got $130,000 lying around, you want to spend that on an electric car that uh, has really cool, they call them Falcon doors. Oh, this is the SUV <laughs> with the, what I call the Gullwing doors. This is the SUV. It's Falcon official. Doors. Yeah. 
It is absolutely official. It is, uh, it's going to top out our speeds of 155 miles per hour. There's a 17-inch touchscreen, 0 to 60 in 3.2 seconds. Listen, I'm reaching out to Tesla. I've reached out a couple times. I'm trying to get some test drive time with these cars. Uh, this one especially is kind of cool because they've been talking about this, this SUV for quite some time now. But now it's official. You can go to the website. You can see all the features. All the details are there if you want to. Now, you know, Mark, I'm not really a prude, and I'm kind of a car guy like you. We're both car guys, you know, and we've done car interviews and car reviews before. Question for you. Do you need an SUV, which, let's face it, most people use as a family vehicle, okay? The average person will use their SUV for family, for schlepping stuff. Do you really need your SUV to go 155 and 0 to 60 and (laughs) three-point anything? And and when you're carrying your family with you, nonetheless. So, it scares me and excites me at the same time, much like lots of life does. But yeah, that's a little frightening to hear. It is your tech report. I am Mark Aflalo. I'm live at JFL 42 in Toronto. Mitchell, you are in Los Angeles. Mitchell, we've got a great show, as I said, coming up. A very cool interview with Sonos and Jabra. Plus, we're going to go hands-on with some really cool things uh, in just a couple moments. It is your tech report again on Twitter at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. We'll be back in just a couple seconds. Your tech report will be right back. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Yes, indeed. Mark Aflalo, Mitchell Whitfield with you. Again, coming up on this show, Mitchell, we've got that exclusive interview. interview I can't even speak anymore. Easier for you to say, the, huh? Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> with Jabra and, of course, that exclusive announcement from Sonos. Brand new flagship product and very cool software from that company. But first, we're going to get a little handsy with some product, aren't we? We're going to get a little handsy. Before we do that, I just want to—I just want to put something out there. So, uh, Jabra, obviously, as we as we talked about, you know, last segment, you know, very well known for their Bluetooth headphones. Will I be able to test one because my my headphone, my Bluetooth headphone, just broke, and I could really use one to test. So, will I be able to test one of these things? Are you begging me? <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know what? I don't think it was begging. I think it is high end offering myself to test. Yeah, a little bit. We will, uh, of course. Okay. I've requested several products from Jabra, ah, and uh, they're sending a care kit our way to get hands-on with those products. They do, Mitchell, they do everything from Bluetooth speakers to, obviously, Bluetooth headsets. Um, great line of sports headphones, Bluetooth wireless headphones. Very, very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Okay, as you said, as you so beautifully teased, we are going to be doing a little hands-on. We like getting handsy with stuff. We haven't used that term in a while. We love getting handsy with things, Ooh, right? getting handsy. It's weird. Yeah, I know. I know it makes you smile whenever I say that, you dirty, dirty boy. Okay, so as we pointed out, uh, we were interviewing the, the guys from Sideshow Collectibles, a wonderful company that makes some of the coolest collectibles from pop culture, movies, yeah. cart, I mean, uh, a- animation, uh, uh, video game. I mean, just great, ca- well, not really video games, but basically movie and comic characters, I would say. Uh, a lot of stuff for the Marvel Universe, the Star Wars Universe, uh, fantasy universe, really cool. They have their own properties, the Court of the Dead property, which is really cool. They sent us that statue. Uh, so they make some really cool stuff. And as I pointed out before, not only do they make their own great stuff, they also are the exclusive North American distributor of Hot Toys. Now, if you've never heard of Hot Toys, it's a company coming out of Hong Kong. And basically, they also make uh, one-sixth scale, I think they make different scales as well, uh, collectible figures. And Mark, I've shown you some of these collectible figures. Let's, you know, give example, different movie characters. The one that we're going to talk about now is actually Iron Man. It's actually the Iron Man Bones suit uh, from, I believe, Iron Man 3 during his house party protocol where he builds a bunch of suits that are autonomous and Iron Man sends out those autonomous suits yes, as, sort of, as a defense you know, measure. Um, so Hot Toys, I almost can't do it service. It's hard to do it justice on the radio, Mark, because these figures... And they are fully articulate. You can see the movement. I, I'm looking at this Bones figure. And the Iron Man Bones armor, technically it's the Mark uh, 41 Bones armor. And as I said, this suit of armor in the movie did not have a person in it. It was fully autonomous. But the look of this armor has this beautiful black and gold look to it. You've never seen a skin like this, except, of course, in the movies on the actual Bones uh, character. But uh, the articulation on this, Mark, you're looking at it with me right now over, over Skype. 
absolutely incredible, the level of detail. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, the traditional figures that you could buy at your local toy store, okay? No, 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 no. This this is not something you got at Toys R Us. No, and this is something that even the box that it comes in, this is a 12-inch figure, fully articulated. To give you an idea, uh, the the head has, they have little, you know, button cell batteries, so there are LED lights in the helmet that come out of the eyes, just like Iron you'd expect from Iron Man. The repulsor rays in the hands, the lights come out of there as well, and of course, uh, the, the chest light is also fully functional. Um, so this cool. one, this is really cool. Not only does it look incredibly different compared to other Iron Man armors, and the yeah. articulation is incredible. The way the display stand, Hot Toys is always great about the display stands they include. Some of them light up, they have light up bases to enhance the look of the figure mark. This okay. one actually has a stand, and the way you're supposed to display this is because this armor is meant to blow apart where each arm can blow off the body and fly by itself. Yes, so I remember that. You remember this? So each piece from the head and shoulders, the arms, the torso, the legs, they have this oh, like almost like um, uh, like a, a rocket flare that you stick into the bottom. So it looks like each of these pieces is, is exploding off of the figure's body. And you display it. The display stand actually has separate little grips and bendable arms that hold each limb. So oh, it looks like awesome. it's explode. Oh, it is just beautiful to see in person. Um, I, again, you will not understand the level of detail I'm talking about with little pieces that open up the back. If you look at the back of Iron Man's legs here, you see the little pistons mark. Each individual piston is hand done and it's absolutely gorgeous. And of course, when we're talking about stuff like this, again, we are not talking about little dinky toys that no, you would is, see. This is something that I would classify really as a collectible, a collectible because it is right? something that you, I mean, I, I'm guessing you're going to invest a little bit more money than you would for a toy, but you're getting for the detail you're getting, this is definitely something you'd want to put on show and display. Which, which I proudly do, by the way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And of course, this particular one costs $284, okay. and you can get it at sideshowtoy.com. And uh, we're also going to link to social media if you're interested in, you know, we're going to show pictures of it, but if you're also interested in getting one for yourself, we'll leave a direct link both on the website if you go. And by the way, you can always go to yourtechreport.com and listen to us on SiriusXM. We archive all of our shows, but you'll also see a link within the article that we post the show on that will let you go right to Sideshow to take a look. Um, it also comes, it has like three different pairs of hands, Mark. Okay. Two of them, I think at least two of them have the repulsor rays built in. Um, but look at the articulated fingers. Each finger on the hand is fully bendable. Uh, my son has the Joker, the Heath Leather Joker from the Batman movies. Yes. And the Heath Ledger, Ledger Joker, the, the clothing is hand sewn. He's wearing socks. A bit, I mean, everything about these things is so beautifully done. They really are collectibles and they're really like functional pieces of art, as I like to say. I remember a couple weeks back when we did the interview we were talking about the incredible detail the faces looked so realistic and I guess thanks to modern animation they have these cat imagery you know of obviously of these characters so it does make it easier to build these models off of but these are all done by hand so it's just it's absolutely insane the amount of detail you get off these it's so cool it is, and like some of them, this, not this particular Iron Man bones that I'm holding right now, because as I said, in the movie, uh, this was an autonomous suit. There was no Iron, there's no Tony Stark yeah. in the suit. But on other Tony Stark-based Iron Men, they have multiple the heads. Off. Right, they yeah. have a head that just has the lights, another head that you can, and this one is magnetic, and magnetically clips on. The other heads on the other statues or figures, you pop them off, and you could put one on that actually has the Robert Downey Jr. face sculpt, and the face sculpt are so eerily accurate. And eerie is the best <laughs> w- word I can, because yeah. I took pictures of this, I sent it to you, you're like, is that? really a picture of a stand yeah, it was figure. creepy it was just creepy Anyway, Quite honestly, uh, that eerie, eerie creepy. creepy, yeah. One of those <laughs> put, two words best describe it, I think. Put your disturbing adjective here, right? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, like I said, you can always go to sideshowtoy.com. Uh, Again, that is sideshowtoy.com. They have incredible, incredible figures. Uh, again, don't, when you look at the price, don't get sticker shock, folks. These figures are worth every penny you will pay for them. In yeah. fact, for under $300, I think a lot of these are a bargain, again, because of what you get. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be we're gonna be showing more Sideshow collectible uh, their proprietary lines and hot toys as well throughout this year and next year. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Mitchell, it's been a week now, just over a week that we've both uh, had time to uh, to use our iPhones, or uh-huh. as you might call it, the uh, the the brick or the the weight in your pants. You opted for the <laughs> iPhone 6s Plus, as did I, uh-huh. based on your uh, suggestion. I have since changed back to my 6s. Uh, um, because I found the 6S Plus to be too darn big. 
You, you know, is Mark, it just me? Uh, no, it is not you because you you were going to be the trendsetter. I feel like here's the thing. I feel like I sort of co- not coerced you, but I sort of you tantalized did. you into. All right, I coerced you into getting the plus because let's face it, we both love flying drones, and for some of the drones we fly, we actually use our mobile devices, whether it be an iPad or an iPhone, as our screen attached to the remote. So you figure a bigger phone makes a bigger screen. Plus, let's face it. We'll talk about the differences between the plus and the regular S, the S and the S plus, of course. The three main differences are, okay, obviously, you get the much bigger screen size on the Plus, correct? Yes, absolutely. You get longer battery life on the which Plus. Which I liked, which I which, liked. Which is the one thing I'm I'm really, I don't want to give up. And the last thing is, the camera has optical image stabilization, while the standard S, you know, just uses software. This actually has a little motor to compensate for shakies. But you know what? Unless you're really shaking, do you need that? I don't know. Well, is that optical image stabilization only for video? Or is it for photos as well? It's for photos as well. Absolutely for both. Honestly, I'd have to do a comparison, but I did not notice it working uh, in any in any favor, whether it was negatively or positively. I did not see a noticeable difference between the two phones or on the new phone, other than the quality of the image being better because of the you know higher megapixel count. Bigger than the previous generation of meaning the 6 and the exactly. 6 Plus. Totally get that. Exactly. Okay, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, one of the new features, and you mentioned this, so I want to sort of feed this to you, and you can tell me your thoughts about this. One of the new features is 3D Touch, okay? Yes. Where you d- the screen can recognize different measures of pressure you put on the screen and give you different functionality based on the app. So you're saying to me that the 6S, the smaller one, you found actually was better for using 3D Touch. Am I right? Well, one of the challenges, especially if you have an average size hand, when holding a phone, right. um, especially the phone like the size of the Plus, is that you're not getting your thumb across the screen. You're going to have to use two hands for typing, definitely. And you're not right. going to be able to do things. That's why 3D Touch really has its its benefits because it, it provides you shortcuts. Correct. I found on the larger screen, I wasn't using those shortcuts because... Well, on landscape mode, they didn't work half the time. Um, I couldn't reach the button I needed to, and by the time <laughs> I did, away, I was already right? back to my old my old habits. <laughs> but I find on the smaller device, I'm more apt to use those features in 3D Touch. And and I, I found 3D Touch working on apps that I never thought of. For example, the want to set an alarm quickly. You press and hold the clock, and you can set an alarm quickly. You can go directly to a stopwatch that's already counting up from that point forward. Um, the the photos. This is something we knew, but I kind of forgot about it. You can go directly into a selfie mode if you want to take a selfie. Um, you get shortcuts, obviously, in mail. The, the I found the the peak very, very useful, especially on websites when you're looking and reading news. You're like, oh, what's this link to? You can take a quick look at it and like, oh, let me read it. And the pop, I find it really, really useful. And I find it really does save time for me to get from point A to Z. So I really do like the feature, and I think it's going to really come into its own. And I think that is probably the most differentiating feature on this device versus any other phone out there. And let's face it, when we're talking about a device, now listen, we know there are Samsung devices that have had a 5.5 inch and now 5.7 inch screens that are actually smaller than the iPhone. Now, I think the Samsung Galaxy S6, uh, Edge Plus, whatever, and the Note 5, they both sport a 5.7 inch screen, yet both phones are either the same size or smaller than the iPhone. So Apple has not really done a great job, whether it's because they still have, unlike the Galaxy line, they still have a hard button, they still have that home button on there, which limits the space that they can take up with screen, and they still have all the sensors at the top part of the phone that are taking up a lot of real estate. So, uh, I still maybe the iPhone Seven will be more pocketable with the same screen size. I don't know, but for me, it's it's on the edge of no longer being a a portable phone anymore, and that's the problem I have with it. I think that the 3D Touch is the next evolution of removing a physical home button, because once they embed fingerprint scanning and 3D Touch into one pane of glass, really, the screen, meaning you can put your finger anywhere to read your fingerprint or right. do anything you want. You won't need that home button, especially when you get that tactile feedback. Correct. So this, I, th- I think we're one step closer to that being gone, and I think the edge-to-edge display, we see that happening in other devices, so it's going to happen. So we will be able to get maybe not the size of the iPhone 6 Plus on the same body, but a much a, a larger screen diagonally on the, on the regular 6S or whatever generation of the smaller device that we can expect. So We'll see what happens with that, and we'll we'll give you more hands-on time as we get to use the phone more and more. But I found Mitchell just you know just way too big, and that's why I went back went back to the other one. Me too. Mitchell, I'll do it tomorrow. Wrap us up. Get us out of here. Come on. 
we've got Jabber coming up. We've got Sonos coming up. Very cool announcements from both companies. We're going to go hands-on with their products as well. We're going to take a quick break. It is your tech report on Twitter at your tech report. Back in a sec. Your tech report. We'll be right back. Welcome back to your tech report. Mitchell, it's it's time to talk about a company that I've been after for quite some time, and that company is Jabra. Jabra is a company that's been around for since the, the 80s, really developing ear microphones, ear radio technology. But most people know that company today from their lineup of headsets, both both wired and wireless. Now, if you look at Jabra's website today, you see a range of Bluetooth products from wireless speakers to a whole brand new lineup of wireless headphones. Not only are they gorgeous pieces of technology, but the technology that's packed inside them is insane. So on the line with us today is Adam Robertson. Adam, correct me if I'm wrong, you're a senior product marketing manager. Welcome to your tech report. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Adam, I, I wanted to talk to you and someone at Jabra because there's a, there's a, a big history with Jabra in audio. Can you touch upon that and all that experience that is at the table today before we even get into the products that people are using now? So, so history is a, a good statement, actually, because so Jabra is the brand, the brand we operate under. It's our sole brand that we operate under. But what most people don't know is that our company name is actually Gianetcom, which is part of the Great Nordic Group, which is a Danish company based out of Copenhagen. They're a company that's been around well over 100, 140 years, actually, yeah. to be more precise. Uh, and they've always been in communications. Back then, obviously, 140 years ago, there's no headsets and uh, great audio equipment. It was telegraph lines, and they were laying telegraph lines between Europe and, and, and China and Asia, to be more specific. We share a lot of the same engineering patents, labs. Um, our engineers routinely discuss technology with each other. Naturally, we, we take advantage of each other's supply chains, things like that. So what that allows us is to give us, you know, not only great consumer-grade products and professional-grade products, but it allows us to leverage on the medical-grade medical technology that comes out of resale. And what's interesting about that is, you know, when you look at where analysts are talking about where's the space in wearable technology going, there's going to be a chip in everything, right? And within yeah. that is not a, not a term we made up. I wish we did, though. But <laughs> within wearables is, is the hearables term. And that's where our audio equipment is also becoming smarter. It's not just a pair of speakers attached to your ears anymore. They're, they're tracking you. They're doing all sorts of things. Well, and that's, so that's, why, that's why I wanted you to touch upon that history, because people need to know that there's, there's hundreds of years of experience uh, and that's being shared to bring a product that you know, people walk into Best Buy and buy. But that, the, you know, people sometimes think, and I, I understand it because it's a consumer way of, of thinking, is that I'm going to buy a pair of wireless headphones, for example. Well, knowing this kind of information helps you make a much more educated decision. And you, you touched upon a lot of a lot of key points in there, things like, um, you know, hearables and, and tracking. Today, the biggest mover and shaker really seems to be about taking audio wireless. How big of a challenge is that really on the engineering side? It's, it's tough. You know, back, back in the 80s where you referenced back in the start, you know, we were one of the first companies, well, we were the first company to ever release a Bluetooth headset. Um, since then, there's a lot more in there, in that market. There are a lot more players, and there's a lot more manufacturers that make the components, which has really helped us elevate what is the base level of the game. You know, Now the question is, now that people are getting comfortable with being wireless, where can we go? And the challenge is, is making sure that the basics are always met. While we're talking wireless, as most people will know, the main form of wireless audio is, is really driven through Bluetooth technology. Yeah. And unfortunately for Bluetooth, its number one enemy in, in, in nature is water, <laughs> which, which the human body is obviously made up predominantly of. So when you're looking at any good um, wireless company, you know that one of the biggest challenges they're working, about, working on is to ensure that the antenna placement in the ear is at a position that you'll have the least amount of interference from your body. Because really that's the biggest offender in making sure that phone and, and headphones have a reliable connection. So that would be a challenge that we would work around. So before we talk about, obviously, where this technology can be in 10 years from now, let, let's talk about the brand that we know today, the Jabra brand. Um, in, in, in terms of, you know, I obviously speak to different PR companies, it seems like the keeping fit 
and the using headphones during workout seems to be one of the most popular areas people are using headphones, especially wanting them wireless today. But you guys are doing something a bit different. Not only are you releasing products that are designed for athletics, but you're tying them to things like apps to to bring that tracking element into place. What can you tell me about those specific headphones and what sets them apart? The story is, is a long one, but it's really easily explained, at least in a short way, is that in the 80s, a Bluetooth headset was uh, that you know traditional mono piece that was just placed into one ear with a boom and a mic, and it paired up to your phone because in the 80s, most of the phones were just doing calls. So if we accelerate that to today where your phone is not just doing calls anymore, it's, you know, it's tracking everything you're doing in your life. You know, you can... Tons of apps, you know, everyone's heard the terms appification and, you know, automating your life through apps. It's just, it's really the phone that's driven a massive change in behavior. And what we've done with Jabra Sport Pulse, which we released last year, is, you know, you've got your headphones, so it can play your music, you've got your phone. But now what you don't need anymore is the chest strap and the watch because we've integrated a heart rate monitor inside of the earbuds itself. What you're getting now is not just your music and your and your motivation, but you're actually having the ability to track your heart rate via your ear. In the past, you would finish your workout, you would get home, you'd upload it to your PC, you'd see how you did after the workout. You know, check your stats out, what was your heart rate, things like that. Now, because we have an active connection from the heart rate monitor to your phone, and we can actually speak back to you, we're giving you now in-the-moment training. So where that is really, really nifty and helpful obviously is for anyone looking to do an enhanced workout is I can say I want to do a cardio workout I want to build up stamina I don't want to go too low or too high so I set a a cardio workout within our sport life app and then you go out and you start doing your training session it's a virtual coach really that's spot on the terms that we have uh, actually on the packaging which is great (laughs) Um, but it is giving you a form of coaching in a sense It's, it's motivating you, it's educating you, and it's real-time ensuring that you're sticking to where it is that you want to be. And the best part is that while it's doing this, it's also letting you enjoy your music and everything else that you want to enjoy from, from great quality headphones. How important is it, seen, is it a standard now to put a microphone on any set of headphones? For us, knowing our history, now that you know it, you'll know that communication is key and vital. So having a microphone on any one of our products is, is, is vitally important. It's going to be harder and harder to find a product without a microphone. Reason being is that if you're not taking a call or you want to take a call, but not only that, there's also voice commands, voice control, yeah. voice messaging. There's so many more things going on with what you can do with your voice. That's where the microphone comes in. Now, People tend to be a little bit obsessed with communication these days. I think maybe a, maybe a bit too much if we look back to the... Uh, to the uh, 80s and 90s, we didn't even have phones. Obviously, you're, you're extending this technology into the wireless speakers. Um, there's a great Soulmate mini wireless speaker, which has a built-in one-eighth uh, adapter, so you can plug it right into your phone or use it wirelessly, which is a, a very, very cool product. Um, and also over-the-ear stuff as well, which is not obviously targeted for, for those who are in the athletic field or who are working out. Talk to me about those products as well, because that's a different type of market, isn't it? So they're, they're very, very different in the sense in that, you know, there's, I'll talk about the, the on-the-ear products, which is Revo Wireless. So Revo Wireless is a on-the-ear set of headphones that is basically giving you all the benefits of being wireless. At the same time, it has microphones, so you can do your calls, you can adjust your volume, skip track, and all the rest. The real benefit being that you can be on the go and listen to music without having to continually hold your phone in your hand, which if you ever spent 30 minutes just people watching, you'll notice it's actually scary how many people are just walking holding their phones. Oh, no, it's frightening. It's absolutely Um, frightening. And the same thing with music speakers. That was just a fundamental shift where if you've got to remember that almost every single person had a music dock at home. You'd get home, drop in your phone or drop in your iPod into the dock and start playing your music. And suddenly, you know, it, it happened extremely quickly over a short period of about a year, all those docks became Bluetooth enabled. Suddenly you realized that I could just, you know, hey, what? I can regain my phone back. I don't need to leave it stuck in that dock anymore. I can 
And what happened is, is that that whole market just exploded because the biggest thing, and you know, the more time we spend at end users, the comment I love the most is that people say, suddenly I had music in a place I never had it before with my friends. And, and music really is, in terms of you know, the speakers, it's a big social thing. So if you have music, you can set the tune to anything you're doing. Well, I, I'm working with Samantha, who's obviously uh, handling the PR on, on getting some hands-on time with some of the products that I have not had a chance to, and we're going to bring those to our listeners on, on shows to come. But before I let you go, Adam, I really want to talk about where we can go, because as technology evolves, where, where do you see this kind of wireless technology taking us in, in, I would normally say 10 years from now, but you know, it's advancing at such a pace that even two, three, four years down the road, there are going to be incredible advancements that we can't even think of today. There's a very great uh, answer to that question, actually. So it's something that we've seen, we kind of use it as inspiration. You know, you've seen Google say it, you've seen Apple say it, you know, Apple has Siri, Google has Google Now, Windows has Cortana, Amazon has Alexa, and you know, the list can keep going on and yeah. on and on. Um, but really the ability to have a conversation with our devices and that artificial intelligence replying back to us in a human form is kind of the theme of that story. And if you watch that story, that's eventually where you'd like to see all these devices taking you and, and kind of where the big tech companies are pulling us. Adam Robertson, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Jabra, thank you very much for taking the time. I could probably talk to you for another half hour, but I don't think either of us have the time. But I, I definitely want to touch base down the road after I've had some time to uh, to experience some hands-on time with some of the, the newer products and continue this conversation because this is one of these conversations that we'll be talking about for quite some time down the road. Your tech report will be right back. Now, back to your tech report. Mitchell, this past week, Sonos made some waves with the introduction of a brand new flagship speaker and some brand new technology that's going to change the way that we listen and hear our music. Now, before we bring on our next guest to tell us all about it, I wanted to recap really what Sonos is. We've talked about it a lot on the show, but we can't expect everybody to know. So Sonos is a smart system of high-fidelity speakers that work either independently or can work together wirelessly under one app to control pretty much all of your music or really anything you want to listen to, whether it's your favorite streaming services or your personal library, it's all available with Sonos. On with us now to talk about the big announcement from this past week is John Riley, Senior Manager of Product Development for Sonos. John, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I know you've been traveling. I wanted to thank you for taking the time to join us today. I want you to be the one, without further ado, to tell people first about this brand new flagship speaker, the Play 5. Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, you know, we, one, of the, one of the two things we announced this week is the, uh, the new Play 5. And, you know, it's a, it's a complete um, redesign of where we've been at the high end of our line from the ground up. But it's probably appropriate to start um, talking a little bit about what our vision for Sonos is. Um, you know, the, the thing about music is when it went digital, convenience really won. And that means that a lot of people have been experiencing their digital music in a very personal way on you know, their iPod or uh, now with streaming services through their phones and tablets or computers. And our vision for, uh, for the Sonos um, ecosystem and the experience is to bring that back to out loud like it used to be back when you had a, you know, records and you'd sit around with your friends and really listen deeply to, out loud to the experience. And so you know, the, we set out about three years ago to see if we started from scratch on the top of our lineup, what is the best speaker we could possibly build. And uh, the announcement um, is the result of uh, about that three-year effort, and it's the new Play 5. Um, we've designed it from the ground up this time to be one of the most flexible speakers on the planet. It supports three different orientations. Uh, you can pair a couple of them together and get a really serious hi-fi listening experience. Or you can just put one of them in a room and have uh, an amazingly uh, improved experience over anything that we've had before. Um, we can talk a little bit about sort of the acoustic technology, if you like. Um, yeah, because I mean, our listeners are used to, you know, with Sonos, the thing that really sets it apart is it's not it's not a Bluetooth speaker we're talking about here. We're talking about yeah, that's right. These are these are wireless speakers. They're uh, they're networked. They're connected to the internet, and so the advantage you get with that is uh, combined you know, a really good acoustic package with the power of software, and, and you can do a bunch of really amazing smart things 
uh, which we think is sort of the future of listening experience. And, and, and you're exactly right. Like the ability to play those streaming services or even listen to Sirius XM uh, in one room or in every room of your home simultaneously is where the experience really starts to, you know, shine in, in at home. And, and you can do that out loud with your friends and, and experience music the way it was meant to be heard. Now tell me, um, the new speaker obviously works in conjunction with the existing Sonos lineup, whether people have an existing setup, they want to add this to their collection, or they want to make this their new centerpiece, correct? Right. Yeah, this is the most powerful speaker we've ever made, but you know, even speakers we shipped five years ago, uh, or even some of the component systems we shipped almost 10 years ago, still work all together as a system. And one of the things we, one of the customer promises we've made is that you're, when you invest in Sonos, you're investing in something that gets better over time. And that means we put a lot of effort into bringing along all of the components in the system to continue to do better and better things. And the second uh, announcement that we'll talk a little bit about is actually the software feature called TruePlay. Um, and, and that's an example of where we've, we're actually replacing the current Play 5 at the top of our lineup, uh, but we're going to bring this software innovation to the Play 5 that we're, we've just stopped making and selling. So uh, what you'll see is those people who bought the Play 5 uh, you know, a year ago or even six months ago are going to watch the product get better and better over time, even as we bring more innovation to the newer products. So that's one way we keep the entire system working together and, and feeling quite fresh. Now, John, TruePlay, does it, does it um, upgrade the speaker itself, or is it something that's controlled by the app? And can you tell people exactly what TruePlay does? Because it really is a very cool piece of software that really it customizes the speakers to the space that you're listening in. Right. So when we design speakers in the lab, we sit in these perfect acoustic environments and put a lot of effort into getting the you know, frequency response of the speaker to be as flat as possible so that the user hears the music the way the artist sort of laid the track down in the studio. But what happens is when you take them out into the real world, rooms cause a lot of different effects on how that sound actually uh, is realized. So if you put a speaker in a corner um, or if your room has a lot of reflective surfaces on in it, uh, it has a big impact on the sound. So what we've you know, sort of come to realize is all that work we do is lost in a lot of different locations when in real-world environments. And, you know, we get pictures from customers of all the places they've put their speakers. And it probably wouldn't surprise you to learn that they like to put them in a whole bunch of really interesting places, but a lot of those places not great for sound quality. Yeah. Um, now, so we set out to see what we could do to fix that. And TruePlay is the, the result of our attempt to address that issue. It's a, it lets you use your iOS device, so an, an uh, iPhone or an iPad, to take a measurement of the sound performance in your room. And then it will calculate uh, a new EQ for the player across a large number of points on that equalization curve to bring it back into flat for the room. And so what happens is if you have a really bad placement, we'll compensate, and suddenly that speaker will sound exactly like we intended it to when we designed it uh, back in the lab. On the other hand, if you've put it in a really great place and your room is really acoustically well done, we won't make any change because the goal here is not to make a change but to make the thing sound like it was intended to sound in the first place. How, much is it, how, much, uh, how challenging is dealing with the various formats of music? Because obviously various streaming services or just your own library are encoded at different bit rates. You know, MP3s are encoded one way. Uh, you know, Apple has their own proprietary form, all of which really is just compressing the music, which really reduces and eliminates a lot of frequencies. Truplay, I guess, is the goal is to bring back those frequencies that are lost over compression? Uh, it's not so much that as to um, take the effects of the placement of the speaker and the room out of the listening equation. Yeah. So, you know, the speaker will be as honest to the input source as possible if you have a compressed file that you're listening to, uh, particularly on the new Play 5, which has a, a much larger dynamic range and more powerful bass extension than any product we've shipped before. Um, you'll You'll hear those artifacts. So, you know, it'll be a time where if you... Um, really care about that stuff, you'll start to look for higher quality files. You'll start um, thinking about lossless encoding and yeah. CD quality audio. Um, and there's a bunch of streaming services now offering those types of improved bitrate sources and stuff. Um, and so you're, we're really, like I think, coming into a, an era where you can get a high-quality digital track and you can listen to that high-quality track out loud in your home. We're talking to John Riley, Senior Manager of Product Development for Sonos, 
Big announcement this week, the brand new flagship Play 5 speaker, and of course, this brand new TruePlay technology. How much time and development goes into developing both the speaker, the hardware itself, and that kind of, that TruePlay technology behind it, John? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a multi-year effort. Um, you know, we've, we've grown to a pretty large team now. I think we're uh, pushing 1,300 employees, and we're all working you wow. know, specifically on this exact type of thing. All of our focus is on that home listening experience. And so we've been working on the, the new Play 5 for three years. Wow. Uh, we're sort of obsessive about paying attention to all of the little details. Uh, we think a speaker is a little bit different than your standard piece of electronics. It needs to live in your home for much more than the two- or three-year life cycle you'd get out of a television or a tablet. It's more like a piece of furniture that you want to have around for something like 10 years. And so we do all sorts of you know, deep work and effort to make sure that the thing is robust, reliable. We you know, individually uh, check every speaker on the factory line to make sure there's no, ruzzes, no uh, rubs or buzzes or weird noises in the acoustics. Um, you know, we check and tune the wireless antennas. This new Play 5 has six wireless antennas, um, and wow. we pick the best ones based on the orientation. Uh, you know, just an incredible amount of both hardware and software work goes into creating it. And the same thing's true of TruePlay. Um, and that one is even trickier because what we're asking is for someone to do something that's to date been a very complex task, which is take a measurement of their room's acoustic yeah. performance and do that accurately. And so we spent a long time developing a user interface where we'd ask you to walk around and move your phone in a, in a vertical way while you measure the room so that you can get nice samples at both standing and seating heights. And uh, we call this sort of the room dance, but... Uh, a lot of iteration and test went into getting that just right so that most customers can pick it up and immediately understand what they're doing and do it right and then hear the difference if their speaker was badly located and, and get that experience of, aha, this is what it was meant to sound like. But a ton of effort. Yeah, we just work, uh, work really hard to get them to where they're at. John, we get a lot of emails from people who are setting up or you know building homes or, or modifying their space and always looking for multi-room systems. And we always recommend Sonos because it's uh, the versatility of just the whole Sonos concept and the various speakers is just speaks volumes about what can they can accomplish. Is the Play 5 uh, brand new speaker, is it available now? I know the retail price is $499 US, $549 in Canada. Can people order it now or is it later in the year? No, it's coming later in the year. We haven't we haven't announced the date exactly yet. We're still uh, still working on getting that announcement out, but it'll be available for holidays. And same, I guess, the same for TruePlay as well. Will that work? Will TruePlay work only on this speaker or previous speakers as well? No, tr- so TruePlay will work on the uh, existing Play One, the existing Play Three, and the now older Play Five as well. So that's the example of when we bring a software innovation to uh, to the platform. We don't just bring it to the new speakers, but you get it for free on all of the existing speakers as well. So anyone who has a, any one of our existing speakers in that lineup in their home will be able to do a, a calibration for the room and, and subtract those room effects out of the listening experience. That is phenomenal. Well, look out for the brand new Play 5 and, of course, True Play. John, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us today. It is a Sonos Play 5 brand new speaker and TruePlay technology. We'll, of course, keep you up to date as to when that will be available. And, of course, try to go hands-on with a full review later in the year when it is released. That's all the time we've got for this week's show. Thank you for joining us. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Aflalo. Click to yourtechreport.com. Of course, follow us on Twitter at yourtechreport. And a special thanks to our guests as well on this week's show. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com.